Hello and welcome to Single to Soulmate. I'm Tanya Alberti, spiritual teacher, channel and medium for spirit, and soul-aligned relationships coach and mentor to men, women, and couples who are looking to have rockin' relationships both in and out of the bedroom. I do this by helping you heal the pain of your past, connect to your intuitive awareness, and align with your own soul, thus stepping into the best and highest version of yourself in order to attract that one-of-a-kind soulmate love that you're longing for. So today what I want to talk about was conscious dating. So spirituality and the single life, what is that all about? And what is conscious dating? So really to sum it up, conscious dating is really dating with intention. Okay. And what that comes to is, is primarily self-love, um, but also self-awareness and mindfulness. And it's really important, I think, in the age that we are in with all the online dating and things like Grindr and Tinder and all these other apps, you know, we're in like this swipe right, swipe right, swipe left society. So not that there's anything wrong with online dating. I actually encourage online dating. However, um, it's really super important to recognize who we are, for one, and what we need, right? And that's really what conscious dating is all about. It's about being mindful of who you are as a person and what specifically you're looking for. So like I mentioned before, when I was um, introducing myself, essentially, relationships are mirrors. They are mirrors to us and they were mirror back to us what we need to have healed in our lives. So if there's underlying things that are there that you're not aware of, your relationships are going to mirror that back to you. And because relationships teach us about ourselves, they teach us about who we are and who we really desire to become. That's why they're such a powerful tool for evolution of our soul. And when it comes to dating, Dating can be just as much educational as it can be anything else, you know, and in my opinion, there's no true bad date because dating is always an opportunity to learn and explore more about who you are. And it also helps you practice those tools and skills that you need for long-term like commitment, such as communication, vulnerability, transparency, all these things that are really super important in relationships. Basically, one of the first things I want to bring up is being present. So conscious dating and being present in the moment. It's about really not dragging our past with us. And that includes our past dating experiences. So personally, for me, I had multiple bad experiences with relationships. I never really um, dated anybody short term, and that's a whole other story. But um, all my dating experiences were, you know, where we were together for the, the least amount of time I was ever with anybody was for a year. Um, other than that, it was like three years, four years, all the time. And those always ended up very badly. So, you know, it leaves a bitter taste in your mouth, right? When you've been hurt multiple times and, um, you know, you kind of develop through these experiences, this expectation of, 
you know, wondering what's going on. So say you've been cheated on multiple times before, and that's a pattern for you that, well, first and foremost, you need to look at yourself. You need to look at why is this going, why is this happening? You know, do I believe deep down somewhere in my subconscious that this is what the expectation is, that this is always going to happen? And then take a look at that. You know, why do you believe that? Do you believe it's because you aren't worthy enough of a healthy relationship? Is it, is it because you don't love yourself? I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons we could get into. But essentially, um, if it's become a pattern and you're not, and you're dragging that pattern with you into your next dating relationship, whether you're just casually dating or whether you're in a, you know, regular kind of a regular dating relationship. The thing is, if you bring that expectation along with you, you're probably going to sabotage yourself. So conscious dating is really about being present and really not carrying that weight of the pain. It's about learning how to heal and release all of that stuff through the dating and relationship process. You know, it's also super key that you're very clear on what it is that you desire in a partner. And that's um, kind of goes along with one of my other points, you know, aside from being present and really being self-aware is being very clear about what you desire. Um, like I'm talking like down to writing a list <laughs> because this is what I did. And this is what I tell people all the time, because part of what I do is help people, you know, heal that aspect of themselves so they can manifest their soulmate. However, if you don't know what you want, the universe can't deliver it to you. So it's really important that you're very clear about what you're looking for. So when you are dating, you know, you get a sense for people and what they're like, and you know, right off the bat based on what it is that you want. So I encourage people to write lists, you know, make a list of your ideal person. What are they like? Um, you know, how do you feel when you spend time, when, when you're spending time with that person? Um, you know, are they funny? Are they serious? You know, what are they into? Do you know, are they, I mean, everything you could possibly think of and get really clear about it and then be very specific about, um, what it is that are going to be the, those items that are going to be non-negotiables for you. Like what are your core values? What do you solidly believe in? You know, it's about being self-aware and being very clear about what your non-negotiables are and knowing a hundred percent that, okay, this is what's really super important to me and I'm not going to budge on this, you know? So that is what we're talking about when it comes to being specific. So that being said, you know, after clarity and after self-awareness, when it comes to dealing with triggers from old emotional wounds, <coughs> excuse me, um, when, and you know, when it comes to, we all have, like I said, we all manage to go through life and none of us come out unscathed, right? We all have healing from old wounds we have to acknowledge and deal with. And when it comes to um, being able to understand that people are not perfect, right? We're, we all have flaws. And every single one of us carries some sort of pain with us and these old wounds. So if we can understand ourselves and understand and not judge ourselves, I mean, I think that's a big thing because I think, um, speaking as a former major perfectionist, perfectionism is a shield and it's a shield to cover that wound from being poked at. 
right? And so is people pleasing. These are both shields. And when you're getting stuck in, you know, berating yourself, judging yourself for not being able to let go of something, you know, saying, what's wrong with me? Why can't I move past this? You know, I'm not good enough for anybody. All of these negative self-talk things really deepen those wounds and make it worse for our self-esteem and those feelings of unworthiness. So when we can acknowledge and take into accountability our wounds and take a close look at them and nurture them the same way you would nurture a hurt child or you know if your if your pet got hurt you would take time to soothe them you would gently speak to them you would allow them time and space to feel the pain and disappointment and then move through it it's the same thing that happens with us but the process takes longer right but we really do have to feel into that pain and recognize it in order to be able to heal from it So ignoring it, stuffing it down, not paying attention to it is not going to do you any favors. And um, as long as we can really kind of hold on to our our pain, take a look at it and let it go, love on it a little bit, um, and look at that aspect of ourselves, that hurt, wounded child that is from our past or even from, you know, our relationship experiences. Maybe you're really hurt from past relationships of divorce or something like that you know, you can still love yourself, speak kindly to yourself, offer compassion to yourself, you know, and then, and then do some things to make yourself feel better. You know, whether it's journaling, crying, meditating, praying, whatever. And the big part, the most important part though, is to be able to forgive that aspect. Forgiveness is the cornerstone of self-love and of self-care because it's a gift. It's a gift. It's not for anybody else. It's for ourselves. And then when we find ourselves in relationships and we're intimate with our pain, those emotional triggers are then ignited by our partners. And then we can own our stuff. We can own it and then not project it onto somebody else. And that's another thing I see people doing quite a lot in their partnerships with some of the couples that I've worked with is that projection. You know, they haven't healed that aspect of themselves. So what they're doing is they're taking it turning it around and projecting it onto their partner. So they're reading into situations. They're making assumptions based on that pain. So if that makes sense, it's like they're they're saying, this is my past, this is my old stuff. But what they're doing is they're taking it and projecting it onto their partner currently. And if you don't deal with that stuff in a conscious way, that's what's going to happen. It's inevitable. You know, um, I see it time and time again. One of the things that it's really um, key, I think, is, like I mentioned, forgiveness. And I think forgiveness is a great way to overcome resentment. And forgiveness, I think, is a lifetime practice. You know, we can't adequately take care of ourselves without making forgiveness part of our daily self-care, right? So we can forgive somebody but not condone their behavior. But what that does is release the past and helps us reclaim our own power. And it's really important to understand that anger, anger is okay. You know, you're allowed to be angry, but anger always covers over another emotion. It's a, it's a surface emotion. Underneath anger is something else, but more often than not, it's fear. And it's really important to understand where that's coming from and what's causing it. Because 
anger is our natural response to self-protection. So when we feel threatened, we tend to eventually get angry. And over time, that anger turns into resentment, which can, you know, weigh you down big time. You know, I know a lot of people that live in resentment constantly. And when we're able to forgive, we unload and like clear out that heart, clear out the heart chakra, and we really make way for more blessings and manifestation and miracles in our life when we clear that away. So I always recommend anybody, anybody who's struggling with resentment or anger, you know, it's really key for you to work on forgiving somebody. And if you can't do it, I really recommend working with a coach like myself or Erica or working with a therapist because, um, you know, it's certainly not worth spending the rest of your life living in those emotions. It's definitely not worth it. So, um, I think another thing that's when it comes to dating that people tend to get nervous about, um, and I think it's important to bring up in this conversation, we're talking about spirituality and single life is, um, worrying about rejection. And I've always said that rejection is the universe's protection, that when you are being rejected by someone else in a dating relationship, um, it's not, it's not that they're rejecting you, right? It's not that you're not enough or, you know, that, that, you know, they're moving on to greener pastures, whatever. I look at this, here's the reality of it. We are not going to be everybody's cup of tea and not everybody is going to be ours. And just because somebody doesn't prefer your flavor of tea doesn't mean you're any less worthy you're, that you're not good enough. It just means that they prefer a different flavor. And personally, I would much rather be with somebody who is my exact match than somebody who is just going to be settling. Because when it comes to dating and relationships, you do not have to settle. You don't, you don't have to settle. And that's something that I used to do for forever. I just took good enough, right? Because I just believed that there was no such perfect person in the world for me and that that was a myth. You know, I thought, well, I'm just gonna have to take for whoever was willing to love me because that's where I was in my journey with regards to my own self-esteem and self-worth. I was kind of like, well, good enough is good enough and it's better than nothing. So I was doing a lot of settling and anytime, you know, that relationship ended, which inevitably it did, because like I said, I hadn't done that healing work yet, but whenever that relationship ended, I was left feeling this horrible sense of rejection because I had a horrible sense of self-esteem. I had no sense of self-love because I still had all those wounds, but it's super, super important that you deal with all of that stuff and work on healing yourself because then you come to a relationship, you come into that conscious dating relationship with that perspective that I'm okay. And if somebody decides they don't want to date me, it's fine. I'm fine. It's not the end of the world, right? And you're not going to come at it from, oh my God, I'm rejected again, right? And I think the problem is so many of these people take these experiences so personally, when in fact, most time people's actions and decisions have nothing to do with us, but yet we're so sent, we're so self-centric that we continue to like, you know, have that illusion that it's our fault. It's all about us. We did something wrong. What did we do wrong? Why am I not enough? And that's not the case at all, right? It's just that maybe you just weren't a good match. Maybe you're not everything on their list and that's fine. That's why we date. 
we date to get to know each other to see, you know, are we compatible? Do our values line up? Do we have similar goals in life? You know, do we want the same things out of life? Do we have the same spiritual perspective? I mean, all of these things are super important, you know, when you're moving forward. Because if you're, I mean, the whole purpose of dating is to determine whether or not you want to spend time with somebody, whether or not you're interested in getting married or not. But that's a whole nother thing. Do you want to look for a life partner? If you're not interested in finding a life partner and you want to casually date people just for the company, that's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's something you need to make clear. And if that person is, say, you're just into casually dating and, you know, you're with somebody that's looking for long-term commitment, obviously you're going to have problems. So this is why I said it circles back around to knowing what you want, being very clear, communicating what you want. You know, I'm not saying you have to spill your guts the first two dates, you know, but these are definitely things that need to be brought up sooner rather than later. Um, and I always encourage people, you know, it's, it's don't you know, jump right in. And I think as, as women, we tend to do this more than men, but women have been fed this fairy tale story, right? Where you fall in love, you get married and it's like this happily ever after Disney movie. Well, the problem with that is that when women tend to first develop feelings for people, next thing you know, all of a sudden they're planning their wedding and planning their kids' names and they've been together for two months. It takes time to get to know someone. It really does. And it takes time to get to know somebody in different settings. You know, they may be great when they're with you. You know, they may act one way, but have you seen them under a stressful situation? Have you seen them under um, pressure at work? Have you seen them dealing with their family, with your family, with their friends? Have, have they gone through a bad period, you know, whether it's financial or emotional, and you've seen their reactions? I mean, these are all really important things that you need to take into consideration before you make that commitment to really step in to, you know, whether you're talking marriage or moving in together or whatnot, because unless you know somebody from all of these different angles, you're probably going to end up being surprised and not always necessarily it's going to be a good surprise. You know, like I, I've had several clients I know where they were together for a while, you know, like maybe a year or so, but um, they moved in together, you know, in a very short amount of time, like say four months or so. And then, you know, one of them is wondering why the other one has anger issues. And I'm like, well, they had anger issues before you got together, but that never came up because they had never experienced each other around different situations. So she was taken totally off guard because she was like, holy crap, why, why is he like this? I never knew he was like this. Dating unconsciously, which is what I think most people do. <laughs> Dating unconsciously is kind of like, look at this way. I, I'm trying to think of an analogy. It's kind of like booking a flight to Europe and then planning on, you know, um, or no, let's think this way. Booking a flight to Nepal, like you're going to go climb Mount Everest, but you just book the flight and you just show up having no clue what you're going to do. Like you have no idea. You haven't trained. You have no equipment. You've got no guides. You've got no clue as to what you're doing, but you booked the flight and there you are. That's what unconscious dating is like. When you just show up unprepared, unprepared for the journey and not having any clue what you're going to be facing along the way. Dating consciously is about dating with awareness and preparation. 
It's about approaching that whole entire dating process deliberately, planning for it, knowing and being committed to the process and taking the time to learn more about yourself, you know, learning about your personality, understanding how do you communicate? What's your love language? How do you handle conflict? You know, taking responsibility for your past, accepting who you are and why you're here. And, you know, being that kind of person yourself that you're looking for. I think it's super important that when you have all these qualities you're looking for in someone else, that you cultivate those qualities within yourself first. And um, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to somebody. If they don't meet those criteria for you and, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's one of your non-negotiables, it's absolutely okay for you to say no. You know, you don't have to worry about hurting somebody's feelings. I mean, that's the whole point. And that's why we date. So a lot of people tend to think that um, spirituality is about religion. And they're like, well, it's about spirituality and single life. Spirituality is not about religion. It's about your ideals, your beliefs. Um, You know, religion has rules. Spirituality doesn't. You know, religion tells you what the truth is as opposed to spirituality is allowing you to uncover that under your own experience. And it's really important that you know that for yourself, you know, what your experience is, what do you, you know, what have you experienced? What do you believe? And this is also another aspect when it ties into um, dating, because these are all really important things. So how many times have you gone on a date and heard them say to you, or you've said yourself, so what do you like to do in your free time? or something along those lines. You know, we spend so much of our time looking for someone that's attractive to us and has similar interests. And that's usually our first mistake. Long-term relationships rarely result from people who have similar interests. But it's because as we get older, our interests change all the time. And if that's all you have in common, you know, chances are good it's not going to last. That's why I keep talking about core values, because really great relationships are formed when people have similar core values. So by knowing your core values, knowing what you believe when it comes to spirituality, knowing what your absolute non-negotiables are when it comes to your values is super important for you to understand so that you can get to know those values of the people you're dating. It's the values you want to know, not just what they're interested in doing. My interests have changed a million times over the years, you know, like my interests change all the time. So if that's your only commonality between the two of you, guarantee you it's not gonna last because your interests are gonna change. Um, The other thing too I wanted to bring up too, in addition to all of this stuff that we've already talked about is um, being open to possibilities. And I think it's really important to be open to that because I've heard so many people say that they keep making the same mistakes, that they keep making the same mistakes. I'm always attracted to the same people and it always ends up a certain way. You know, maybe it's time to take some chances. You know, maybe it's time to just start meeting people for who they are rather than thinking long-term right from the beginning and open yourself up to possibilities of being attracted to somebody who maybe is not normally your type or maybe isn't categorized in that certain type of person that you usually go for. Um, And the other thing is too, like I mentioned, understanding your love language. It's really interesting 
when I see couples in particular, how they interact with each other, love language is a thing. It really is a thing. And it's super important to understand yourself first and then understand the love language of the person you're with because um, it, it impacts how you feel about each other so greatly. It's not even funny. And I'll just give you an example from my own life. Like I am a caregiver. It is in my nature. I take care of people that I care about and I want to do that. To me, that is my way of expressing how I love them. Like if you're sick, let me baby you. I mean, for crying out loud, I was a nurse for almost 30 years. Like it is in my nature to be a caregiver. I'm a mom. And that's just who I am. I've always been that way. I, I want, let me make you dinner. Let me, you know, make sure you're comfortable. Let me make sure you feel okay. You know, these are all things that I want to do. That's my love language. I'm a caregiver. Um, however, my husband is a giver. He's a gift giver. And um, he expresses his love for me by giving me things. Now, I know that about him. Um, but I'll tell you, interestingly enough, when we first started dating, I, um, when he would not feel good, or maybe he'd had an exceptionally long day at work, or he was just miserable because he had stuff going on at work, he was stressed out. I'm doing all these things to try to make him feel better because that's my love language, right? So here I am trying to take care of him. And um, to him, he was just like, why are you doing this? I don't need this right now. I just need to blow off steam, whatever, you know, and he was kind of pushing away all of my attempts to try to make him feel better. And that made me feel really bad. I was like, that really hurt my feelings. Well, I didn't, um, I didn't realize at the time because we had only just started dating. I didn't realize at the time that that's not his love language. So to him, his interpretation of that was just, you know, I don't need that. I don't need that from you right now. But he wasn't really getting the fact that that was my way of expressing how I felt about him and vice versa. Like, here's me getting sick and thinking, why isn't he trying to take care of me? Because if he loved me, he would try to take care of me. Right. Because that's my love language. So that's the way I'm used to expressing love is by taking care. Right. But when you have two different love languages, you have to understand yours first. Once you understand you, then you need to understand theirs. Because how you express love to them, if, if their love language is different from yours, they're not going to get it because that's how they are. That's their own way of expressing themselves. So this is what I mean by that. So my love language is caregiving. My husband's love language is giving and gift giving gifts. So if I want him to really know how much I love him other than just telling him, but if I want to express it somehow differently, I need to do it in his love language, not mine. And that's what helps him know because it's in his love language. So what I will do is I will buy him little things, you know, I'll get him a little gift for no reason, you know, just to let him know I'm thinking about him because to him, that's his love language. And he will do that for me. When I don't feel well, he knows my love language now. So he will intentionally come and try to take care of me because that's my love language. So once you understand each other, but like I said, as now I'm just, you know, beating a dead horse here, it's, it's not simple. It's super simple. But like I said, the first thing you have to do is understand yourself. And if you can understand yourself, then when you move forward, 
you're, it's easier to pick up on when you're dating to understand what exactly is going on with that other person. So that should you date somebody long enough to get to a place where you do fall in love, because I'm telling you, this is a huge issue for people. Communication is the biggest relationship issue out of any couple I've worked with. It's communication. And I can't tell you how many couples I've sat down with and had to go back to square one and teach them how to relate and talk to each other. And one of the first things is love language. The second thing is, is how to listen, how to listen actively and respond in a way that makes people feel validated and heard. And I'm telling you, communication is a skill. It's a skill. And a lot of people are just not good at it, (laughs) you know, because we don't get taught how to talk. We don't get taught how to communicate. So expect, you know, when you're in the dating world, expect that there's going to be some challenges. It may be difficult. It may be hard sometimes, and that's okay. Part of being conscious is to understand that it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And it's so much better when you go into relationships and dating somebody, when you, like I said, we've gone through all this list of knowing yourself, knowing what your wounds are, knowing how to let go, knowing and forgiving your past and being really clear about what it is that you want and knowing your core values. You know, these are all things that going into life and going into any kind of dating relationship, even if it's just casually, um, you'll be much more prepared because you're going to know all of these things. And that's what I'm talking about, about consciousness in dating. And that it's, it's just really super key, especially in this day and age, you know, where there are still countries that are on lockdown. There are still people that are only online and, you know, you're not going to have all of those opportunities to spend tons of one-on-one time together. Now, hopefully, well, where I am, fortunately, that's not an issue, but I know there's a lot of places, you know, that are still, you know, limiting exposure to, to being out and about, but in a society where we're constantly like instant gratification and, you know, you've got people swiping right and swiping left and all this crap, you know, it's really important. It's so much more than just, you know, what does this person look like and do we get along because we have similar interests? A couple other key things that I want to bring up before we close things up, um, being transparent Being transparent is really, really important. You should, number one, never try to be somebody else. Never try to be something that you think the other person wants. Um, Just to be who you are. Be transparent with yourself and with the other people that you're dating. It's really important to accept who you are and where you're at in that whole dating process. You know, what you're looking for in a relationship, whether you're separated, divorced, widowed, just starting out, it's really important to be transparent and honest. And then make sure, you know, like Erica brought this up, investigate everything about yourself and any new partner. Understand your lifestyle, your sexual style, understand theirs, understand your attachment style. You know, any of these things are really hard to do if you're in a relationship and you're not being yourself. You know, you can do it short term to please them, because trust me, that's what I used to do all the time. But over time, you're going to have resentment because you're not being true to yourself. And over time, you know, event you can't keep that up for forever. And they're going to figure out who you are, you know, and then more likely, more often than not, that relationship is going to end. Um, so it's just 
just important to be mindful. Be mindful. It's a journey, right? It's a journey. And then when you're dating, you've got to let go of the past and make a conscious effort to be yourself and meet people for who they are today, not who they're going to become, who they are right now. And, and we all have a past, right? We've all made mistakes. Hopefully we've learned from them, but the key thing is to leave the past behind, make sure you are in a good place, a good frame of mind. You know yourself, you've worked on some healing, you're living for today, hoping that you can find somebody that will love and respect you for who you are right now. The worst thing I see people trying to do is trying to change people. It's not about changing them. If there's ever conflict in a relationship, you need to look at yourself because I don't care how much conflict there is. I don't care if they did something terrible. Um, you are 30% responsible for any problem in a relationship, regardless of whether they did something horrible or not. Um, I tell this to all my couples because most of the time people come into couples counseling with me and they're like, well, he did this, he did this, he did this, or she did this, she does this. And I'm like, okay, well, you're both equally responsible. It takes two to tango. So, you know, and so many people come in to counseling with me and they're like, well, I need them to change this. Well, that's not what we're doing here. It's not about changing the other person. It's about looking at yourself. What do I need to change within myself? What do I need to become? Who do I want to become? Who do I need to be, you know, in order to um, be the kind of person I want to be so I can attract that kind of person to me as well. So, you know, if you're in a partnered relationship and you're having issues, you know, never, never, never go into a relationship expecting or into any kind of dating relationship expecting that, okay, well, they've got all of these things except for this one thing, but if they change that, then they'll be perfect. No, it's like I said, not everybody is going to be the perfect fit for you. And that's why you date, right? That's why you date people in order to find out who is a good match for you, who does match your core values, who does match, you know, your hopes, goals, dreams, you know, for all these things in the future is great. But, um, they need to match your core values now. Otherwise, you cannot expect them to change because I guarantee you they are not going to. And then what happens is you end up dating them for a while, you end up developing feelings for them, and next thing you know, now your heart's broken. So this is all, these are all important things. This is why I was talking about this today. I wanted to bring up conscious dating. I think it's such a big thing. Um, I see so many of my clients struggling with this, and it is so key when you're going to be out in the dating world to be mindful, to be present, to know your values, know yourself, know what you want. And that's what conscious dating is. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Um, I would love for you to subscribe, leave me a comment or a review. I would love to hear from you. Um, if you have any topics of interest you'd like to hear about, please feel free to reach out to me. You can message me um, through my Instagram DM. It's at I am underscore Tanya Alberti. That's at I am underscore T-O-N-Y-A A-L-B-E-R-T-I. Or you can email me at info at TanyaAlberti.com. I would love to hear from you. And again, I hope you have a beautiful, amazing day. Wishing you nothing but soulmate connection and that one of a lifetime kind of love. Take care. We'll talk soon.